I'm Christine Dolan, and I'm a journalist, and I know a lot of people know Mike Lindell because of some of the issues having to do with elections, but I know him in a different way. Last year, in the middle of the 2020 election, my back was killing me because I'm teleworking. So a friend of mine sent me a pillow that Mike Lindell manufactured, and it helped me to sit on a chair doing interviews, too many interviews during the day because we're all working off-site. And then this year, because we're working off-site and we, we all want to be comfortable, I tried Mike Lindell's slippers. Now, I'm a big one on slippers because I like comfort. I have worn moccasin slippers all my life. And when I tried Mike Lindell's slippers, I couldn't believe this because it really does have four layers of cushions. It's like having very loose tennis shoes on. And it's easy because you really do wear them all night long if you're working like me from the early hours of the morning to the late hours at night. So I highly recommend Mike Lindell's slippers and his pillows if you've got a back problem and you're sitting down. Now, how you get the discount for this is very simple. It's on our site. CDM is the promo code for it. Promo code CDM is what we're asking you to do. Again, you will feel comfortable for your back with those little pillows that he has and also for the slippers that you can get from him. And now let's get to our guests. So today on American Conversations, we have Jeremy Regato and Andrew Peloso, who are with cookingforfreedom.com. These guys are our videographer partners in Canada for the since Calgary to Ottawa, all the way through uh, through uh, everybody getting kicked out of Ottawa um, for the for the last month. And guys, welcome back. And it's good to see you. And thank you for all the footage you've given us and the interviews you've given us to give us a voice on the ground in Canada. How are you doing? We're doing quite well. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Yeah, oh, thank you. We, we, love, we, we love you guys because you, you brought the voice and you brought the pictures to us. Um, let's start off with the, some history here because we talked about it during our first in interview, you know, over a month ago, how you guys got involved. Hmm. Sure. Um, well, I remember it's my, my father sent me a link about this bear hug that was uh, supposedly going to happen across Canada. Um, the idea of a bunch of truckers driving across Canada to converge in on our capital city was fascinating to me from a cinematic standpoint. I just thought that would be quite the spectacle to capture. Um, after getting that link, I ended up trying to call some of the organizers I saw on the Canada Unity website, um, which led us to a conversation with James. And James had done previous convoys to Ottawa protesting and trying to stand up for um, for freedom and away from mandates and lockdowns. Um, so we had a good chat and I proposed um, that we'd like to create a film around this uh, story, having no idea how big this story would actually be. I thought, um, you know, Jeremy and I would jump in a car and um, maybe be in Ottawa for, for all of two weeks. Um, that ended up turning into a six-week story with a 20-person film crew, and we will probably be editing this project for six to eight months. So that's how we initially got started. Um, Jeremy and I um, are business partners in away from this kind of stuff, and um, I figured I'd just call him. And as Jeremy always is, he was up for the challenge, and within 24 hours, we were packed in our car with Camry gear and headed to Ottawa. And let's let's talk about you know 
crossing Canada, because you guys jumped on in Calgary, not in Vancouver. <laughs> what was it like and what did you see and how emotional was it? As Because when you're a cinematographer, you know, as opposed to a news person, we're, we're there to get the facts and it's kind mm -hmm. of intense. You guys are looking for the art and the communication and the emotion. Let's talk about that. Jeremy, you want to jump in? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. We were with we were with James the night before we started on the convoy. And explain, so, wow. to explain who James Bowder is. Is it Bowder? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah, exactly. James Bowder. Uh, he was one of the original guys that we got in touch with. We we realized after a couple days on the convoy that there were a number of people who had organized their own individual convoys. And they all miraculously sort of lined up. So they were all scheduled within a month's time of each other. They all, all got a hold of each other and said, you know what, let's just do this all together. Uh, and that was the, the general consensus between any one of the road captains who were driving out to Ottawa. So we thought that James Bowder was the, the uh, original idea behind the convoy to, uh, to Ottawa, this convoy for freedom. And we realized that he was just one of the many minds behind it, uh, which which was a really cool experience to be able to hop on board and, and have to figure out this puzzle as we're driving across the country. Um, but the 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 energy was incredible uh, right from the second we left Calgary. It, it was it was so, uh, so beautiful. So many people had gathered in Calgary. Uh, it, we hadn't seen anything like this. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this in our entire lives, not to mention the last two years of, of uh, isolation. So it was, it was so uplifting right off the bat. And as you're driving across the country and you're in a convoy of vehicles that is a thousand kilometers long, you, you start to, like, you're really excited. You're really excited. And Canada got fired up as we we're driving across the country too, because you see on the side of the roads in, in the most remote places, just hundreds and thousands of people all over the place, waving flags, like true patriots, true people that believe in Canada and, and love Canada uh, and what it's meant to be, true North, strong and free. Um, and it was so evident that that's been taken away from us over the past couple of years, just by the reaction of, of the public. It was almost like we were sent to Ottawa by all of Canada and commissioned to take a message to, to, to our capital. And from the pictures that you provided to us, the, the videos, you had people on the streets alongside on the ground level and you had people over the overpasses and it was Canadian flags, mm -hmm. people cheering you on, people when you get to arrest, coming out with food. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it looked, it, to me, it was extraordinary in terms of just people unifying. It was... It was deeply emotional. I was not prepared for that. I've never cried so much in a vehicle in my life <laughs> because what you're seeing is everyday Canadians from all walks of life standing out there waiting for you for hours in the freezing cold um, just to wave a flag, to cheer you on, to get you some food at a gas station, to, to, to fill your car up with, uh, with gas, um, to throw money in your car. <laughs> The amount of charity and generosity, it, it really did spark the heart of the nation. And that's what we witnessed all the way through. So it was very interesting to start seeing the legacy media mis-messaging mm -hmm. as they were starting to become aware of how big this movement was. Mm -hmm. it, it, they weren't even trying to, uh, you know, 
in my opinion, they were not trying to be smart and tactful with the, um, their mis-messaging. They just blatantly went to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, all we saw were everyday Canadians wanting to be free. What about when you got into Ottawa? Was that when it, it the, the the message really changed in terms of the propaganda media by the mainstream media in Canada? I would say it started as we rolled yeah. into Ottawa, maybe the day before. Uh, we were getting messaging that the military was going to be shutting things down, that there were going to be roadblocks all around Ottawa. But we had we had intel. Uh, we were working with the uh, OPP, the Ontario Police, uh, mm-hmm. with Ottawa Police, um, and we were actually told that we were being gifted specific set, uh, roads in the city and in different parks in the city, and we're going to be set up by the police officers. So it was a really confusing time as we're talking with uh, and organizing with the police department and right. then being told by the media that we're being shut down by the police officers and shut down by the military. Um, so obviously we didn't experience the shutdown, but it started immediately. There was a lot of discouragement from anyone even uh, trying to to move with the convoy just by the media itself. Yeah, this is the same day as uh, Prime Minister Trudeau comes on and calls us a fringe minority. So yeah. around that period is where you started to see a, a noticeable change. And then when we rolled into Ottawa, uh, we were told that uh, that there were 1.4 million people that showed up that very first day. Uh, and I mean, the the live streams that were happening are pointed in Ottawa, but in a completely different direction than the people were were gathering. So, I mean, we and we saw that over and over and over again, uh, like the CBC or the CTV setting up cameras pointing the wrong ways and everyone around them is just shouting, like, turn the cameras around, turn the cameras around. Um, so if they ha- it was it because if they had turned the cameras around, they would have seen the footage that you provided to us, which yeah, was correct. families mm-hmm. feeding the homeless. I mean, there mm-hmm. was a narrative out there. Oh, the truckers are stealing, you know, food from the homeless when in fact it was the homeless that were saying, you know, I've had enough. You know, I mean, the generosity was there and you had people coming out from their homes in the cities, going down there and supporting you guys. Yeah, and just to give an example, you know, with that amount of people, like a mass demonstration, in my whole time there, I saw the odd individual who was intoxicated, um, maybe shouting a bit too much. Uh, That is the kind of stuff I saw. But then the large majority of people, you have cleanup crews, you have uh, snow shoveling crews, that all they're doing all day, is just shoveling those streets. I've never felt so safe amongst thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are there with, um, you know, a very ch- uh, there with a very serious um, action item they want to see uh, carried out. Right? It wasn't just like going to a big massive concert. Mm-hmm. Um, these were people coming that were commissioned by their communities and their families to go stay on the hill as long as it takes to start seeing change so to have that level of intensity matched with with love it 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 was incredible yeah so tell me about the people that you met that were on the street were they from all political persuasions and i noticed that you some in a lot of the footage you supplied to us 
you had people who were who were uh, from Ukraine, yeah. people that were from Africa. Yeah. Uh, you had people from eastern, you know, from, from eastern parts of your Moldova and the Balkans. Tell mm -hmm. us about those people that came out there, because there's a message, I think, to be learned from people who have lived in impoverished area, mm -hmm. you know, in totalitarian states, mm -hmm. in former communist states. What did they tell you? Yeah, so the the diversity of the group was astounding to us. And uh, to be honest, we were humbled even in our own views and our own perspectives, being uh, Western Canadians uh, and meeting with the Eastern Canadians and, and having having a, uh, a thoughts about how who they were and what they believed, political views, everything like that. And it was so incredible, first and foremost, to realize how unified we were. Uh, I had no idea that we had so much in common with Quebec, even though Quebec uh, is like very heavily bilingual. Uh, they they have their own party, um, and it, it was incredible. I, I was under the assumption that I would be disagreeing with Quebec a whole lot more than uh, agreeing with Quebec. And I can't tell you how many uh, uh, Quebecois I, I hugged and and talked with and uh, and shared amazing words with. Um, so it was amazing to see Canada itself unified, but then above and beyond that, you're right. The major, I wouldn't say the majority, I would say a lot of the truckers, I would, I would say probably close to like 40% were people that have come from outside of Canada, uh, that we interviewed and we had an opportunity to speak with them. People from Ukraine, people from Romania, people from, uh, from Iran, people from, uh, from different areas of the world that have experienced some level of oppression. And the, the honest truth is that what they were experiencing here in Canada was also was a surprise, but also not a surprise. It was a surprise because they never thought it would happen in Canada, but it was not a surprise because they've already experienced it and they could see it coming miles ahead yeah. of any of us. Uh, they've been expecting it. That was the most consistent messaging uh, from people who have experienced um, oppressive times in history. Um, they're so aware. They're so much more in tune than, than someone like me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they see this a mile away and they say, we have to be very careful here and we need to start enacting our democratic duty mm -hmm. to um, be a voice of reason because this is not okay. And you see a slow, it's almost like death by a thousand cuts, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's what they're, um, they're sounding the alarm for that. And when we were in Ottawa, we, we had conversations with, uh, with, news broadcasters in Germany, um, independent news broadcasters in Germany and, and had conversations with them. And, uh, and they were sharing some of their opinions on how things were being handled uh, and associating it very closely to their past, their country's past. Uh, and that was eye-opening in and of itself. And they just said that um, um, there's one city I'm drawing a blank on in Germany, but they're really known for standing up now for, for peaceful demonstrations, peaceful protests. Mm -hmm. And they really encouraged, um, you know, we're filming this whole thing, but they encouraged the uh, protesters and these truckers to, uh, if you remain peaceful, this will, uh, this will work. And, um, I, and yeah, in many regards, I feel it did work because um, to be met with uh, aggressive force, and to still remain peaceful, um, that's a huge win. Mm -hmm.
Well, there, as a result of what happened in Canada, we had people walk, a half a million people walk um, to the state capital in Canberra in mm -hmm. Australia. <clears throat> there were truckers who um, came together across Western Europe you know, to go into Brussels. There was a rally in Vienna last weekend uh, that was overpowered in the press um, because of what was happening in Ukraine. Did you find that, that the, the people in Canada that were Canadian born, um, that were not immigrants to Canada, that were part of the truckers or people who came on the sidewalks, did you find a welcoming and a learning, did you observe a learning, a learning curve for them as well as for yourselves? When you had people that were, you know, Canadian born yes, immigrants on the ground fighting for mm -hmm. freedom in their own country. Yeah. Yeah. So there was definitely a sense of, um, I would say almost a, re a reverence, um, that people who are Canadian born were starting to come to terms with the reality that maybe we all haven't done as much as we could, you know, we're, we're, we're showing up a little late to the late to the party. Um, because we haven't really had, I know my generation, I've, I've really had nothing ever to, to stand up or fight for. Um, but I'll absolutely stand up and fight for, um, free decisions, being able to make free decisions of conscience, because what can we do if we're not free, you know? And above and beyond that, just our, uh, I, I believe what was happening and what was communicated with us when we were in Ottawa uh, wasn't just standing up for our freedoms, um, but standing up for fundamental rights that have been embedded in our constitution, uh, that our charter of rights and freedoms, uh, like the hierarchy of, of law there. It's, it's above and beyond just standing up for something that the people believed in. It's something is standing up for something that has been written into the code of Canada uh, and is being walked all over. And that is why I think the uh, the the convergence in Ottawa was so heavy and so large. Uh, it was because it wasn't just these people were standing up for something new. These people were standing up for something that was rightfully theirs. How many people do you think didn't realize that your charter for freedom that that was established and, uh, and ratified in the early 1980s, did they even know that it existed? Did you guys I can know answer that, that personally. Like we, we took a little, you know, a brief week period in, in school in social class. Um, but it wasn't um, the real foundation of at least the pedagogy I got in school. So, you know, I had to familiarize myself with what it means to be Canadian, you know, and I th I'm really happy that this did happen as a result of, of truckers uniting together. I, I learned a lot. And I think that would be the general consensus for people that were open to, uh, to having an experience and to learning mm -hmm. is that they learned a lot mm -hmm. about, about their Canadian rights and as well, the personal responsibility that comes with freedoms. Yeah. And also that that those aren't guaranteed to us unless we actively stand for them. That's true. And your charter for freedom that was created in the early 1980s is comparable to our Bill of Rights in exactly. the United States. And a lot of people don't understand that. Right. True. Uh, and most countries don't have the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. They don't have the freedom of assembly, the freedom of speech. Um, so it's, it, it is it is very important. 
So what's your takeaway now that, I mean, <clears throat> from having Trudeau come out and criticize and call you racist, supremacist, misogynist? I mean, it was extraordinary because that was a lie. Right. That was a flat out lie, what he said at that point in time. And you had other uh, province heads who disagreed with him, except for, I think the guy's name is Doug Wood, who's the head of Ottawa. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the freezing of the bank accounts. How, mm -hmm. how are people who were put in those situations and had their trucks confiscated, how are they doing? Right. So to, to answer your first question there, uh, what we realized was, uh, what we took away from that experience was above and beyond just that one figurehead is willing to lie to cover himself and his party. Uh, what we realized here in Canada is that we knew that there was a skew to our news. We knew that there was a skew to our legacy media, but to de the degree that propaganda flows in our media was first shocking and second heartbreaking to us. Uh, because we are well aware that we're not being told the entire truth, but we did not know that they are willing to go completely, completely against the truth. Um, and that's the only, in our opinion, that's the only reason that someone like Justin Trudeau is given a platform to say the kind of things that he said. Uh, because if our media was actually truth seeking and there to to display what actually happened, he would have been discredited in a second. And he was discredited because the truth was going on. But the way that that truth got out was from people on the ground, live streaming the event, uh, sharing their opinions, sharing their experiences. Uh, and it, it trickles. The truth sort of trickles through the, the cracks of what the legacy media tried to present. Um, but that is the way that the truth was displayed. It, it wasn't it wasn't represented by the media. And, and, and that's a huge problem. That's a very huge problem that we have not only here in Canada, but in, in your country, in America as well. Yeah. And they're, they're, at least my opinion is like, I, I want to see our democratic institutions and the, and the press like be better. I think this is a call and this is a call for all of us to look at what the costs are of our actions. I think with the days are far gone of saying, well, this is, this is my marching orders, this is my job, with no kind of discernment uh, of the morality, um, the morality of decisions. You know, um, I think we all need to take a hard look in the mirror and see what, um, what this experience has taught us and, and, and how far we're willing to go to stand up for what's right. Like, to be completely transparent, this film is, uh, has really tested both of us, you know? In what ways? Well, you know, I, I make commercials for a living. <laughs> you know, I like to make, uh, you know, I like to run business and make beautiful things. And um, to then go out on the line and make this documentary where I'm clearly aware that the mainstream media is not on our side. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be honest and we're going to be charitable but we're, we're going to seek the truth. And uh, this story does not shine a positive light on our legacy media, you know, and I, I, I really hope that there's, 
journalists who reflect and take a hard look at why they initially started to uh, tell the news. And um, I think we're, we're in a crisis of leadership uh, in the West. I, I really believe that. Well, that's why we partnered with you on this project because we're, we're committed, we're committed. I mean, I have worked for four networks in the States, uh, you know, and newspapers uh, in the States and overseas covered three wars, covered human trafficking. And this is, this is, if, if this isn't the time to tell the truth with live streaming, with independent documentary producers, there is no other time because mm -hmm. the, the skewing and the politics that have infiltrated the mainstream media is very, very serious. And I say that as someone who was honored to, to be part of the fourth estate, but it yeah. needs to be protected from propaganda. Yeah. And people have to be willing to put their politics aside and take a look at the reality of what's happening and how they may have been influenced by the propaganda and also take responsibility of educating themselves. That's why the voices from the street were so important to us to cover. Yeah, and, and, and the same goes with us in creating an unbiased documentary is, you know, we need to show both sides. And um, we have been requesting um, for people who hated this movement, like, you know, we'll give you a fair interview. We'd just like to hear why that's the case. Right. And I've been met with silence, um, you know, by and large for that, the, to reach out to the chief of police after things have, have commenced. Uh, reaching out to the mayor of Ottawa and you know we, we haven't even got an email back and uh, you know th this is um, it's very interesting I'm learning a lot <laughs> I was I was on an email thread with some people I've known since my childhood and I had sent them uh, some of them live in St. Louis Missouri in the middle of the, the Midwest here mm -hmm. and I sent an email to, to a group of old friends childhood friends and it was just the footage of people on an overpass in St. Louis. And the response from, from one of my classmates was, Christine, please stop. Wow. Then a response to, I got some private emails <clears throat> back saying, you go girl. But it wasn't meant in a political way. It was meant like, isn't this good that, you know, St. Louisans turned out to support these guys, the truckers, you know, mm -hmm. fighting for freedom. But people don't want to hear that. And I do, I do need to say thank you to to yourself, uh, your media team, um, as well as just in general, a lot of Americans who we felt the support. And that was some that's something I'll never forget when our own institutions were failing to accurately tell the news um, to have people like you fly to our aid. Um, it meant a lot because we felt like there was some justification as to why we were there and that we'd be able to send media to people that were actually going we're, we're gonna to share the news, you know? Yeah. So well, thank you. We're, we're, well, thank you because we, we wanted to share the truth and, and you guys supplied it, you know, in, in endlessly. And, and just who was, you know, what was going on on the ground behind the scenes, even if you weren't able to film it at the time. Tell us how the people are doing now that, that had their trucks incarcerated and, and, and were arrested. You were in touch with some of those people. How are they doing? Yeah, so there are uh, quite a few different situations. There are actually a few of the leaders who are still in jail. Mm -hmm. uh, they were charged with, it's really interesting, they're charged with uh, mischief. mischief. They were charged with 
consulting to mischief. Consulting to mischief. And that was it, I believe. Which sounds, it sounds kind of small. Some smells, you know, it sounds like it's a misdemeanor of sorts, but they were denied bail. They have been denied bail uh, time and time again now. Um, so someone like Tamara Litch is still in, in jail, uh, denied bail. Um, it's interesting, though, how few other people were actually arrested. There are other organizers who were arrested. And, uh, and let me make, make it very clear why they were arrested. Uh, it we were under the understanding or they were under the understanding that um, that the police were looking for them. So they all went out into the streets, found police officers and said, hey, we heard that you're looking for us. Uh, and if that is the case, uh, we volunteer ourselves to be taken in. And that is what happened with the leadership. Um, I believe they were all taken in. Uh, someone like Tamara Litch, obviously still in jail, denied bail. Uh, but there were other organizers who who might actually be uh, more of an organizer than Tamara Litch, who were taken in and said, uh, and let go within an hour and said, yeah, no, like, get out of here kind of thing. Uh, so, so it's a little bit confusing to us why that's the case. Um, there were there were vehicles that were smashed and beaten up and uh, and taken into custody and uh, and have been processed. And I believe the majority of people have their possessions back now. Um, but it was really interesting. It was a really interesting day for for all of the uh, for all of the police officers that showed up uh, and the uh, the. Uh, the the magnitude the sheer magnitude of uh, of offensive uh, officers that came in to push people out the amount of arrests is very minuscule so an example be you know uh, so some of the trucks if you remember uh, Tom Morazzo gave a live stream uh, around that time and he basically said you know I can't tell any of you to do anything mm -hmm. but I feel it'd be advisable for us to leave Ottawa because we don't want to be a human punching bag and uh, you know, if they're going to meet us with violence when we're we're coming here demonstrating with love, then you know we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna leave. Um, so a lot of trucks did leave, but there were some that were blockaded off by concrete barricaders, barricades, and um, bulldozers. You know, there were some areas that were really hard to get out of, and we, you know, you've seen the footage as well of, of uh, uh, glass being smashed and people being dragged out and beaten and batoned and you know hit with the butt of rifles. And um, so that did happen. And um, then you had. Um, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't the people that came in the trucks that did that. It was the violence was perpetrated on them. Yeah, this was our, oh, our poli this so, was police yeah, officers. Let's, let's make it very clear. The people who came and did stand for this demonstration, there was zero violence whatsoever. It, that we personally that saw. We, that we, but we were in the streets with them. Like we were, we were 100% in the streets with them. We saw, we saw veterans on their knees with their shirts off, arms out saying, give freedom a chance. And they were dragged into the riot cops and we watched them getting kicked in the face and then hit in the face with the butts of rifles and then dragged off, like literally dragged off. And these are veterans that we're talking about. Um, and we're not talking about people who parked their trucks illegally in the streets, which is, maybe at most and like a byline fraction uh we're talking about people that were just freely gathering 
the, these these weren't truckers. These were veterans who came to the aid of the truckers to stand for the same cause. And these are the people that were being beaten. Um, we we have uh, intel on. Uh, we never had anything happen to our cameras, but we have intel on press that was at the event. Um, like a lady from Rebel News who was shot in the leg with a with a smoke uh, a smoke grenade, and then she was maced. It's like. And there were people that were beaten with batons. Uh, we had people on the ground working, and they were told that, or they were, they told us that the the police were targeting cameras and live streams up on poles with rubber bullets. So the freedom of press was was completely walked all over. And I well, think based reason. on the video we sent you, um, the one of the last clips that I think is just it shows it perfectly. You have people chanting, "We love you, we love you." And then you have sound cannons going off by the by the police force mm. um, and people disarrayed and, and freaked out because they don't know what's going on. Mm. But we were the, the protesters and, uh, and demonstrators were trying to plead to the conscience of these police officers. But what I believe happened, and this is an opinion, is that the legacy media messaging had posited enough justification for these police officers that were flown in all over Canada to then go and do their job. And if you're, if you're listening to messaging, which is not the truth, then you feel you have a certain amount of jurisdiction and duty to clear up the protest. Um, and you're given were, orders. You're given orders. I mean, if you're, flown, if you're flown into, into Ottawa from other provinces in Canada, you're flown in with an order that you follow, whatever the yeah. order is. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, where do you guys go from here? And mm -hmm. what's your message to the truckers in the States? They're going to roll into D.C. Yeah. area tomorrow. They're not going into D.C. as far as we know, but into the Beltway area. Yeah, what's I would say mm -hmm. I would say thank you for standing up for your freedoms and the freedoms of all people. Mm -hmm. Hold the line hold the line peacefully mm -hmm. with love in your heart. Yeah. And if you follow that and are beyond reproach, uh, you cannot fail. Mm -hmm. I would say that first of all, um, what would you like to say? I would say that, that again, like as we're talking about live streams, as we're talking about independent film, uh, as we're talking about independent news, if, if you stand peacefully in today's day and age, they can't, they can try to taint you in a bad perspective, but the truth, again, will trickle through. And if we continue to stand peacefully going forward, if we continue to stand for love going forward, that it'll be it'll become so prevalent and so undeniable that the the legacy media is going to start to have a hard time covering up what's actually happening. They're going to have a hard time covering up the peace, covering up the love, covering up the unity, and it's going to shine through and it's going to make them look bad. So our plea to you, America, is to stay peaceful, stay loving, and stay unified, uh, because that's what's going to keep your country strong. That's what is going to keep our country strong. And that's what's going to keep our country's relationship strong. Yeah. And also just look into personally, uh, this would be for all those demonstrating and all truckers. Um, anger is a very taxing, um, energy depleting resource. And you probably have a long time holding the line. So use hope instead. Mm -hmm. It's a far more, uh, in my opinion, it's a far more consistent, uh, stronger, interior strength it lasts longer 
and uh, yeah, keep it peaceful. That's what I would say. As far as our plans, we're going to be working as hard as we can. Um, we are going through a financing process with this documentary on truckingforfreedom.com. There's an actual ability where you can purchase a film credit at a variety of tiers. Um, this project is a gift of love. There's, we're not making any profit on this one, um, but we do have expenses and we're gonna be in the editing suite partnering with vendors for the next six months uh, full time. Uh, we can't do it without your support. So that's what we're doing. And we're gonna try and make the most beautiful film possible, which we truly believe will be one film of a series of films towards this kind of topic. Yeah. What's your budget, boys? We are trying to raise $310,000 um, Canadian. Um, and we're just put that online um, and are gonna start working through a financing campaign. But we took a great time, care and caution to, to set up this payment platform, uh, which is why it took us so long. And in addition, we didn't want to start fundraising, uh, financing this film uh, without seeing the trucker narrative come to a a, some sort of conclusion in yep. Canada, right? And we also are you going to include all the international film we're going to get you as well to that? To absolutely, because that's part of the story. Is the story that it spread like wildfire, yeah. and um, you know America really has a part of this narrative because yeah. you all decided to tell the story that was true um, when Canada didn't want to. And and on that note, Christine, when we realized how big this story was, when we opened up that WeTransfer account, uh, mm -hmm. we had this plea for people, not just in Canada, but across the world to share their footage, uh, we got it. So we had footage coming in from Australia. We had footage coming in from the United States. We had fo uh, footage coming in from Europe. Um, so we definitely plan to showcase the the impact of the, the, the foundation that was built by the Canadian truckers and how it trickled all the way across the world uh, to show that what we do matters and what anyone does matters so as the as the legacy media tries to to diminish the value of what we do when we take a stand uh we want to make sure that we show and uh we show the build for that and we're going top tier with this documentary it's going to be a dramatic film yep. full of reenactments as well um with an actual cast mm -hmm. um you know we that budget is very very uh we it's went as tight as small, possible. It's small, it's small compared to, to what it would normally cost. I understand that. I do understand that. God bless you for doing this. I mean, seriously, we're, we're, we're with you all the way, and we'll get the Thank message you. out for people that can donate and also donate even some more footage because there is footage yes. coming out. You yes. know, in the next week, and we just have to pray that everybody, you know, lives by, by the hope and the peace and just standing firm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you have any footage of what's going on down in the United States right now, or even right across Canada, there are freedom rallies that are happening. It feels like every other day now. So tomorrow, <laughs> as an example, there's 800 horses, people on horseback that are going to be going uh, on Highway 1. I'll be filming that, um, as well as a, a human chain of people across the Trans-Canada holding hands, and we want to try and make it as far as possible. So it's still going. Yeah. It's, it's hands across humanity. It really yeah. is. Hands up yeah. for humanity. Yes, it Absolutely. is. It is. Well, Jeremy and, and Andrew, uh, thank you very much. You know, and I'm so glad that we met you and, you know, and we'll be collaborating with you. Thank Thanks, you so Jeremy. much, Christine. Thank you, Christine.